commend you for that. And, and, and I also want to commend you as a church that, uh, you know, God, God strategically positions some churches to be a unique and a particular influence in revival and in harvest and in the body of Christ. And, and I believe this is one of those churches. APC is one of those churches. You are uh, strategically, physically positioned to have a unique impact on the churches of the Illinois district. And uh, I know uh, being this proximity that you are to uh, the Illinois district campground, uh, some of you might have a love-hate relationship with that proximity. Um, and, and there's days that it's good and there's days that it's not so good, I'm sure. But I, but I promise you, uh, God's put you here on purpose. God's put you here on purpose. And, and there's a unique and strategic impact that you can make that I can't make where I pastor. And, and there's an influence that you can have that other churches that are three hours away cannot, cannot have. And so while I know sometimes that is a burden, I, I also want to encourage you and thank you for being a blessing beyond the borders of this church and beyond the borders of this city. Your, your position is a blessing to many, many others. And I think you ought to give yourselves a hand for the work that you put in and the dedication with which you serve. I thank you as someone who has blessed by that. Now, I talked about the campground, and, and I feel like I kind of got some laughs in a divided house here, so I feel like I'm back on the evangelistic field. I got half of them mad at me, and half of them happy with me before I've even preached. So, uh, if, if I mess this up tonight, uh, Josh Carson's coming on Sunday. He'll fix it, and he'll put it back together. Uh, when your pastor did call me and, and uh, asked me to come be with you, here, he kind of explained to me what was going on, that Brother Jones was going to be here, and then we were going to be here in between Brother Jones and uh, one of my dearest friends, Brother Josh Carson, and uh, I said, man, we're, we're in the middle of a revival sandwich. I'm just the baloney stuck in the middle, and so we'll get you through till Sunday in Jesus' name, okay? But I am glad to be here, and I'm glad to have my wife here with me, my wife Amy, my son Zion and Asher, my daughter Finley Grace is sitting back over there, and it's an honor to be here with you. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. Acts chapter 28, verse 1. And the Bible says, and there were escaped, and when they were escaped, excuse me, they knew that the island was called Malta or Melita, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. And they kindled a fire, received every one of us because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them in the fire, and there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Look at your neighbors, say, watch out for vipers. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, or the viper, hanging on his hand, they said to themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. In other words, he's going to get his one way or another. But Paul responded, the Bible says, by just shaking off the beast into the fire and feeling no harm. And they looked. They all stood around and they just kind of stared. They thought he should be swollen or he should have fallen down dead suddenly. There were people around him that were waiting for him to fall over. They were waiting for him to fail. Have you ever been in a position in life where you had you 
felt like you had people around you that were just kind of waiting on you to stumble? <laughs> They're just kind of waiting on you to fall. That, uh, Paul's surrounded by people just waiting for him to fall over dead. And when he didn't fall over dead, here's what the Bible says. They looked a great while. They saw no harm come to him, and they changed their minds. <laughs> they said, he's a God. Well, we know he wasn't a God. But we know that he did serve a God. He wasn't a God, but he had the power of a God inside of him. And I, I've come to preach to this great church what I felt the Lord drop in my spirit just this afternoon. A, a, a word that I believe wants to strengthen. God wants to strengthen and God wants to propel somebody in this room into the destiny that God has for you. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes on this thought. Among snakes... And storms, or among snow, storms and snakes. Would you lay your Bibles down? Would you just lift up your hands to heaven? And would you invite Jesus to talk to you in the next few moments of this service? Come on, every hand lifted, every voice raised in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now that there would be a, a word from heaven that would go forth and that would change our lives. God, I pray that you would loose my tongue, that without hindrance, Lord, I could deliver what you would want to say to your people. And I pray that we would receive your word with gladness of heart. I pray that we would receive your word with faith and expectancy and what your word can perform in us. And Lord, I pray that we would walk out of here further in you than we were when we walked in here tonight. I thank you for what you're doing in this church and we give you praise for what you're going to do tonight in Jesus name one more time would you just clap your hands uh, and would you give Jesus praise Lord I worship you help me tonight Jesus I worship you and I give you praise in Jesus name and you can be seated in Jesus name this narrative of our text that we Look into tonight at the very conclusion of the book of Acts. The conclusion of this singular New Testament book of history. This singular book in the New Testament of your Bible categorized as the history of the church. We, we see this unfolding of this particular portion of Paul's ministry. His journeys and his ministry. And it doesn't quite end in the way that you think that the story of the book of Acts would end. As you think of the victory and the revival in the book of Acts, I don't know about you, but I would think that it would just end with pure triumph and revival and harvest and increase and that the opposition of the Roman government and the opposition of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the opposition of the Greeks and the unbelievers would all have been thoroughly trampled by the power of the Holy Ghost and the growth of the church. You would think that when we move from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 28 that all of that opposition to what God was doing would be well tamped down and well stamped out. But as we pick up the final chapter of the book of Acts, we find that the opposite is true. Our hero is in ropes. He's in chains. He's in captivity. 
He's on a boat and he's in captivity by people who don't believe about his God the way you and I believe about Paul's God and the way we serve Paul's God. They didn't serve Paul's God that way and so they have seized him and they've put him on this prison ship and they have sailed him into yonder places and we pick up this last chapter of the book of Acts and here is the hero of the last half of the book and and he's sailing into captivity, not only sailing into captivity, but sailing into a storm. He sails into a storm, but it's intriguing to me. In fact, just on the on the drive over here, as I was had my AirPods in and I was in the in the passenger seat, my wife was driving and just praying in my mind and, and reading this passage and reading through uh, these chapters. I, I it, it, it something leapt off the page to me that that in the beginning of the book of Acts, you look at Acts chapter one and, and you contrast Acts chapter one with Acts chapter twenty eight, the the first chapter and the last last chapter and when you see these two chapters together you see that they both begin and ended with a a, a snake if you will and a fire that acts begins with a snake and a fire and acts ends with a snake and a fire Acts begins with a snake called Judas that they have to deal with. Someone who would rebel against the Lord and the work of God and the people of God and, and, and the apostles and, and the unity of those early disciples. And yet that the, the work of that snake is, is dealt with and he's replaced by Matthias. And then you begin chapter 2 with the fire falling from heaven and suddenly there was a down from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Aren't you thankful for the Acts 2 experience that we still celebrate and receive today? But you fast forward to 28, to chapter 28, and, and we're still dealing with fires uh, and serpents. We're still dealing with uh, snakes and storms and, and shipwrecks. And something that the Lord began to deal with me about even just a couple of weeks ago is that God never promised anywhere in the New Testament. He never told us in the Gospels. Uh, he never told us in the life and times uh, and the accounts of His life. Uh, nor did He tell us in the historical book of Acts that there would ever be a day or a season that the church would exist minus opposition. God never said that there would ever be a day that you and I would just get to do what we do, come together and have church and the enemy would just fold their hands and say, well, I guess they're just going to keep on going. I might as well not even fight them. There is never a day promised minus opposition. But can I just fast forward to the end of the message for just a moment here and tell you that whatever storm we go through and whatever shipwreck we endure and whatever snake jumps out and latches on that the same fire that burned in the beginning is the same fire that burns in the end. And the same fire that fell at Pentecost is the same fire falling in October of 2023. And if God took care of the church then, I've come to lift my voice tonight and tell you that God will take care of the church now. 
I wish you'd lift up your voice for just a minute and pray with me. Right now, God, I pray that you would release your power, your fire, your presence in the name of Jesus. I pray that it would consume every spirit of opposition. I pray that it would consume every spirit of hindrance, even in this city, in the name of Jesus. Lord, release the fire that consumes. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Something was quickened in my spirit as, as, as pastor, uh, I guess it was kind of off the cuff when he was leading in prayer. And he said, let's pray again. We're going to pray over our city and over our region because what God has been dealing with me about leading up to this service is that there's something happening in the spirit. There's something shifting in the spirit. And the, the enemy has tried to deter you and discourage you because of uh, shipwreck storms and snake bites. But God just sent me here to tell you on this Wednesday night uh, that he's got it all under control. Uh, he's got it all within the grasp of his very strong hand. Uh, his mighty arm is outstretched uh, and he sent me to tell some believer, some family, some marriage in this church uh, that he has not forgotten where you are. You are not alone, uh, but the same fire that took care of the church in the beginning uh, will take care of the church in the end. on this ship and as we walk through the narrative of this story we find that as he's on his way to, to their destination they sail into this storm now there's so much there's so much preach in this passage and we don't have time to to walk through every detail of it but let me just hit some highlights that I, I feel like the Lord wants to talk to us about tonight they're, they're getting ready to sail and Paul warns them that they're about to sail into a, a storm. He warns them that, that, in fact, he says that. I believe it's in verse 11 of chapter 27. He says there, there's going to be loss of property and there's going to be potentially lives that are threatened because of this storm. He tries to wave a red flag and tell them uh, this voyage is going to be fraught with disaster and, and, and calamity. And, and the Bible says that they listen to his words. <laughs> like a lot of people in our churches today. They listen to what the man of God has to say. <laughs> and then they just go do what they want to do anyway. Are we okay? Everybody good? They, they, they hear the words that Paul says, but the Bible says in, in, in verse 11 that they, they, they said, you know what, they, they'd rather listen to the owner of the ship and they'd rather listen to this captain. That's what the Bible says. You could read it for yourself. That they heard Paul's voice. I mean, if you're going to listen to anybody, this dude wrote over half the New Testament going to listen to anybody. I mean, his his story fills the book of Acts, but but they hear his words, uh, but they kind of had their mind made up what they wanted to do anyway. Can, can I just pause a moment and encourage you, uh, if God gives you a word through the voice of your pastor or the man of God in your life, you would do yourself, uh, your family, and the ship of your existence well to heed to the word of You would do yourself well to heed to the word of the Lord that's coming to you. I, I've seen too many families, uh, too many marriages, too many young people, too many college students sail headlong into a storm that was an avoidable storm had they listened to godly counsel. 
I know I'm preaching in the face of culture right now and I know I'm preaching against uh, the me first mentality of our day but I'm telling you you still need a voice of God in your life uh, you still need a man of God in your life uh, you still need the voice of a pastor Well, I camp here for a minute. Uh, you still need a voice that has veto power in your life, uh, not somebody that just pats you on the back and agrees uh, with whatever you want to do. Now, hear me now. Parents, hear me. If all you do is surround yourself with yes people, you are sailing headlong into a storm. You need to get some people in your life that have veto power and they aren't afraid to you. Are you hearing what I'm preaching to you right now? I thank God for these people in my life. Pastor Dave, I, I called one of them just two days ago. I was dealing with the situation. I called one of them just two days ago. And I said, now you're, now hear me. I said, I, what I'm hearing you say is, is this. And if you're saying this, tell me and I'll change my course of action. I, I was dealing with something and I had it planned out how I was going to handle it and what how, the process I was going to take. Uh, and, and that voice that has veto power, he's just one of the voices that have veto power in my life. Uh, he said, no. I, I don't think you should handle it like that. I planned this for two hours how I was going to handle this. You know what I did? I said, well, you're not here. You don't understand the situation. You're not in my family. You don't know my kid. You don't know their teacher. You don't know their school. You don't know my job situation, Pastor. You, you really don't know the details. No, I didn't do that. Well, can I just preach off field tonight? No, I didn't do that, and you're ignorant if you do that. Can I say ignorant here? Is that we got the kids in here? I can. That's like a Christian word, right? The Bible uses it, ignorant. There's a few other words the Bible uses I won't use tonight. But hear me. I, I didn't do that. I said okay. I said that's it. And you know what? I took a. I, I took an entire section of my notes and deleted them for how I was going to handle the situation. You need somebody that has veto power in your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. I, I didn't even plan to go all the way down this road, but I'm just trying to save somebody some heartache and some headache in your life and in your family. You need some apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled leaders. I thank God for the leaders of this church, Pastor and Sister Nave, and the other leaders that they've laid their hands on. You need some voices that have veto power in your life. And if you listen to them... They'll keep you from sailing into some avoidable storm. The Bible says that they, nevertheless, they, they sailed and they go into the storm. And days, a couple of weeks of, of storm battering their, their ship. And finally, they, they, they run their ship aground. And, and they're, they're, they're cutting prisoners free. And they're letting people go. And it's this mass chaotic scene of, of storm and shipwreck. And, and prisoners getting loose. And all of these things happening. And, and here we pick up at the end of chapter 27. The beginning of chapter 28. Paul and his fellow prisoners are floating on broken pieces of ship and, and leftover cargo to get to the island of Malta. They're, they're floating on broken pieces of whatever is left of their sail. I wish I could just tell somebody right now that God knows how to get you where you're going, even if it's on the broken pieces of what you started out with. 
I wish I could encourage somebody tonight and tell you uh, that your God knows how to get you where you're going. Uh, even if the ship's done broke apart uh, and the cargo's been tossed overboard, uh, God knows how to get you there on the broken pieces uh, of what's left. Quit looking around and worrying about what you've lost and what's broken apart. God still has a destination to get you to, and he can use the leftovers to get you there. Look at your neighbors say, God's still in it. He'll still do it, and he'll do it for his glory. Here they are floating to land on the broken pieces of this ship and the leftover cargo that's been tossed overboard and, and, and the Lord told Paul at this time that none would be lost and sure enough the word of the Lord was, was true just as he had told it to the man of God, none were lost and God's using this uh, situation, God's using the storm and now he's using the, uh, the subsequent shipwreck to position Paul for his strategic purpose. Now you find Paul as we pick up in chapter Chapter 29 or chapter 28, we're chapter 29. If you pick up in chapter 28, you see that, that Paul is, is sitting there on the shore with all of his fellow prison mates. And, and, and what you don't find the apostle Paul doing, he's not sitting there crying in his Cheerios, mad at God. Why is this even happening to me? Lord, don't you know who I am? Lord, it's me. I'm, I come to church every week. I pay my tithes and offerings all the time. I, I, I'm faithful. I'm committed. I work. I work when we have the, the banquets, and I work when we have the work days, and I even work when pastor says we need workers at that campground down the road. See, I'm messing y'all up again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm faithful. I'm here. I'm there. I'm, I'm doing what I can. I, and, and here, I, No, Paul is not sitting there sulking and crying. You know what he does? He lets the broken pieces bring him to the land. And as soon as he gets to land, he goes back to work. He picks up some sticks and says, we're going to need a fire. Hear me. Don't take a break from the kingdom purpose that God has called you to. My, my, my. I might meddle a little bit. Pastor can correct me if I get out of line. Just send me a text message. I'll get it when I go back up there, okay? One of the worst things I've seen believers do when they start going through some shipwrecks in life is start pulling out of ministry. Man, I'm in a rough time. I just need to regroup. I, I just don't need to be involved anymore. No, 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 no. The, the time that you're at the peak of your shipwreck is the very time you need to find some sticks to pick up. And you need to find a fire. to. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I know just as sure as I'm standing here, I'm in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, that is not the time to back down. That is not the time to quit showing up. That is not the time to quit putting your hand to work. That is not the time to quit praying. That's not the time to quit giving. That's not the time to quit fasting. In fact, if there was ever a time that you needed to put your hand to work, it's when the ship is breaking apart around you. It's when life is tossing you to and fro. A soaking wet Paul says, I'm not sitting around. I'm getting back to work. 
I'm preaching to you, stay at work. Stay busy in the kingdom of God. Gathering sticks, this soaking wet, freshly shipwrecked Paul with ropes that were, they just cut the ropes, uh, ropes dangling off his hands and feet coming fresh off the prison ship. And here he is gathering sticks uh, and trying to make a fire. And as he makes this fire, he gathers the sticks, makes the fire. And the Bible says a snake, a viper. Man, snakes are bad enough. I know a viper is the same thing, but viper just sounds worse. It's like, it's like King James for really, really bad snake. <laughs> A viper jumps out and latches onto his hand. Jumps out of the pile of wood. Just took my boys fishing the other day, and we're walking down this rock area. And I said, watch for snakes. Sunny day, bacon on the rocks. Perfect area for, for some snakes to be laying up waiting. They're digging in the wood and, and finding firewood. And Paul's putting the fire together. And, and, and all of a sudden, the snake jumps out and fastens onto his hand. Hear me. The fire will always reveal the snakes. The fire will always stir up the snakes. I have never seen a revival that the enemy just folded his arms and said, I better just let them go. I have never witnessed a revival, a harvest, or an increase where the enemy said, well, I better just leave them alone. They got some really good music and a powerful pastor every Sunday. I better just leave them be. No, rest assured, the fire is going to bring out the snakes every single time. But be not dismayed. Greater is he that is with us than those that are against us. Greater is he that is in us than those that stand against us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Fire doesn't produce the snake, but the fire reveals the snake. The fire doesn't create the snake, but the fire disturbs the snake. Can I tell you, anytime God wants to create a fire of revival, there's always going to be snakes lying in wait that you never knew were there, but all of a sudden things start to happen in and the church starts to grow in and people start getting filled with the Holy Ghost and God starts moving and people start getting healed and devils start getting cast out and put on the run and look out and mark it down every time the snake's going to come out. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to pay the price for your sins and mine and here we come. The snake, his name was Judas. The snake's going to come out and try to slow or stop what, what God has intended to do with his people. The snake said, no, you don't build that fire. No, you don't. The snake latches on. It's interesting to me. You go back to the book of 2 Kings, and the Bible says, when speaking of the Shudamite woman's son. Anybody read the story of the Shudamite woman? The Shunammite woman, the Bible says, it, there's this little phrase in the scripture. It says, it was when he was went to his father among the reapers. Or everybody say harvest. Everybody say harvest. He went to his father to visit his father. It was this time of year. We drove by some combines in the fields harvesting tonight uh, on the way here. And, and, and it, it's, this, it's harvest time. And the Bible says the lad was fine. The Shunammite woman's son was fine until he went where? Into the harvest. And it was, 
It's in the harvest that he says, my head, my head. I, well, I, I'm just going to tell you, harvest will give you a headache sometimes. <laughs> harvest will give you a headache sometimes. And he says, my head, my head. And being the good, loving, caring, sensitive father type that his dad was, he said, take him to his mom. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. They take him into his mama, and the Bible says he sits on her knees until noon and then dies. Wait, what? Whoa. That's not how the story's supposed to end. But the same power that produced the promise would be the same power that would restore the promise. What I'm telling you is, is that the enemy fights harvest. The adversary is afraid of fire. The enemy of your city and the adversary of your soul is content as long as you stay on the porch sipping lemonade and don't ever go out to the harvest field. The enemy of your soul and the adversary, the principalities and powers of this city is completely content as long as you're sitting around having wet, watered down, cold church. But the minute you start building a fire, Paul, the minute you start generating some heat and say we're going to have a fall revival or we're going to have a spring revival or we're going to have an outpouring Sunday, the fire is going to reveal the snakes and the enemy is going to fight hard harvest and he's going to fight fire every single Maybe I'm preaching to somebody right now that you said, you know what, since I've been living for God like this, the enemy's been fighting me. He's been fighting me. Of course he's been fighting you. Well, he didn't fight me like that before I really sold out to God. He didn't fight me like that before I really got committed. Right. He doesn't have to catch prisoners. He doesn't fight prisoners. He's already got you locked up when you're doing your own thing, marching to your own beat, living your own life. He's already got you locked up. He didn't have to fight prisoners. But the minute you start breaking free, honey, he's going to come after you to keep you out of the harvest field. He's going to come after you to keep you out of the fire. But I've come to declare the devil is a liar and God's word is true. And if God gave you a word, if God gave you a promise, of harvest and increase it shall come to pass somebody clap your hands and lift your voice to the Lord for just a moment Come on, I know it's midweek. I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's different than what we're used to. Uh, but I wish somebody would lift your voice to the Lord for just a minute uh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that you would release understanding to your people. I pray you would release revelation to your people. I pray you would break us free uh, from whatever binds us, opposes us, uh, hinders us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me preach a few more minutes. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Let me tell you, I, I, I know this a different Wednesday night. We're not in classes tonight. But when, I'm, when the Lord's done, when I'm done preaching, when the Lord says it's time, I'm going to open this altar. We're going to come around here, and God's going to give somebody a breakthrough in their life uh, on a midweek service on a Wednesday night. Anybody believe that with me? Uh, God's going to give somebody a breakthrough in their life on a Wednesday night. I'm telling you, the snake comes out while Paul is working. The snake comes out while Paul is busy. 
The headache comes uh, when the lad goes to the harvest field. I, I'm not trying to say the scripture says something it doesn't say. I'm just saying it's interesting to me uh, that the enemy consistently fights harvest and fire. The Bible says it fastened onto his hand and would not let go. Some things in life, I wish, I wish there were, I, I wish every devil we fought we could just pray a little prayer on Sunday and boom, it's gone. In fact, if that's your story and that's what happens for you, come shake my hand. Let a little bit of that mojo rub off on me after church, okay? Because some of my devils are like that. They hang on. They, they, some of my fights, some of my storms, you may sail through them, just come into a Sunday morning, lift your hands, and then the storm disappears. But I've, I've carried some storms from Sundays to Sundays to Sundays. Anybody else? I've sailed through some storms that spanned some weeks and some months and maybe at times even years. But but here he is, Paul's building the fire. The snake's fastened onto his hand. And right here, we read it in our text, this faithful servant of God, viper hanging from his hand. In verse number four, the Bible lets us know that the people saw the snake. Everybody looked at the snake, and, and it says it right there. It says, when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand. They said to themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer. <laughs> this guy's a really bad dude. In other words, when Paul went into the storm and when he got bit by the snake, they just kind of sat back and said, eh, he probably had it coming. <laughs> you ever met any people like that? What an encouraging word, folks. <laughs> Yeah, he probably deserved it. Yeah, that's what he gets for, you know, sailing on a prison ship. They immediately recognize the poisonous viper. Imagine this. They're all sitting around. They know it's a poisonous viper. And they see it latch onto his hand. This is the guy building the fire. This is the guy doing the work. Does anybody offer to help him? No. <laughs> they just sit back and watch. There's all, don't, don't be discouraged. There's always going to be people when you get snake bit that just sit back and watch. There's always going to be people when you're in a storm. Don't let the devil get you. Don't let him mess up your mind. Don't get offended. Don't get all up in your feelings. Don't go to Facebook and say dumb things. I mean, if that's not a word, I don't know what it is about how lonely you are and everybody's against you and you better go eat some more. No, 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 no. You're in good company. The apostle of the New Testament is sitting there with a the venomous snake hanging off his hand and everybody's just going, hmm. What'd he do to deserve that? Nobody's trying to help him. Nobody's getting a stick and beating the snake off. Nobody's They just watch and they see if he's going to fall over dead. It literally says they see if he's going to swell up, fall over, and die. They're just waiting on him to fail. Woo! Be encouraged in the Lord. The apostle had somebody waiting on him to fail. You might have somebody waiting on you to fail. Just keep proving them wrong, honey. Just keep proving them wrong. Just keep building the fire. Just keep your hand in the harvest. I, I mean, I imagine they're sitting back. Just give him a minute. He's about to fall. I've I seen his eyes start to twitch. He's about to go down any minute. He's about to hit the dirt. I mean, like almost this atmosphere that they're cheering for his, for his demise. The snake's hanging off his hand. And people 
just sit around and do nothing. Can I remind you where your help comes from? David didn't say my help cometh from my armies. He didn't say my help cometh from my best friends. Uh, he didn't say my help cometh from the brother who sits across the church uh, from me on Sunday morning. He said I will lift up mine eyes to the hills uh, from whence cometh my help. Uh, my help uh, cometh uh, from the Lord. Uh, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Uh, I'm telling you that Lord is my Lord uh, and that Lord is your Lord. Uh, I'm not looking to you for help uh, or him for help. I'm looking to him for help. I'm looking to my heavenly father for help. I love what I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. The people response to the snake. The people's response to the snake. They just sit back and stare. But you know how Paul responded to the snake? Everybody take your hand. Do this. Don't hit anybody in the face. I mean unless they need woke up then you have. No Don, they need permission. Everybody go like this. Paul just shakes it off. Venomous snake, fangs in his hand. And he just says, Now, if that would have been some of us, venomous snake on the hand. We'd be running around. Oh, oh, pastor, pray for me. Oh, oh, start the prayer chain. Oh, call the district. Ah, oh, snake. I'm telling you, there's some stuff we make a bigger deal out of it than there ought to be made. I don't mean to offend anybody, but if you're living for Jesus, if you're doing his will, there's going to be some storms arise. There's going to be some ships that wreck. There's going to be some serpents that bite. But you got to learn just to dust it off and shake it off and keep doing what God told you to do. Keep being what God called you to be. You've got the purpose of God in you. You've got the hand of God on your life. you got to learn how to get out of the shipwreck you got to learn how to shake off the snake and say God is still God he's still in charge he's still got his hand on my life come on I'm preaching to somebody here tonight he didn't get mad at God he didn't get mad at the snake he didn't get mad at a bunch of lazy deadheads sitting around why didn't you help me why didn't you come to my aid he just shook the snake off and I'm telling you if we could just learn to shake it off sometimes God would do some miracles in our life that cannot be done when we're sitting there whining moaning fussing about the snake bite your hands right now all across this room. Come on. Holy Ghost is in this place right now. Lift your hands all across this room. And would you lift up your voice with your raised hands right now? Come on. Would you lift up your voice and would you lift up your hands and would you begin to call upon the name of the Lord in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come on. God wants to do something in somebody's spirit. He wants to do something in somebody's mind here tonight. Woo, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. I'm preaching to some people that there has been some time elapse between the bite of the snake and the snake falling off. Some of you are here tonight and the snake is still attached to your hand. Some of you are here tonight and you're still floating on the broken pieces. Some of you are here tonight and you're still hearing the howling winds of the storm. Some of you are here tonight and you're still not sure how it's all going to work out. The Bible says they sat back and watched. That means there was some time elapsed while the snake was dangling from his hand and I kind of just wonder if God didn't let it play out that way to prove to them listen I don't care how bad the storm gets or how wrecked the ship is or how long that venom is put into the veins of my child when I say it's time it's time and when I say you're free you're free and when I say I'm going to open the windows of heaven I'm going to open the windows of heaven Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. The best thing you can do when the serpent strikes uh, is just shake it off. Uh, The best thing you can do uh, when the storm comes uh, is just shake it off uh, in the fire. I'm preaching that the same fire that revealed the snake uh, will be the same fire that consumes the snake. Don't stop the revival. Don't stop your prayer. Don't stop your fasting. Don't stop your sacrifice. Whatever you did to create the fire, the same fire that produced and revealed the snake will be the same fire that consumes the snake. The Bible says he shook the snake off and the snake fell in the fire and the people still stood around and they waited for him. to. Some people still don't get it telling you a word from God could tap dance across their forehead and they still wouldn't get it. He shakes it off in the fire and they're still waiting for him to fall over. They're still waiting for the shoe to drop. Quit sitting around waiting for the worst case scenario to I'm sorry to tell you but I'm a child of God. The sky is not falling. I'm sorry to tell, I'm sorry if this crosses your uh, theology, if this messes up your politics, uh, but you know what? Men can do what they want. Uh, I'm telling you, God's going to have his way in this earth. Uh, When it's all said and done, uh, I read the back of the book, honey, and we do win. Uh, Yes, we do. They can do what they want. Uh, This king can arise and that king can be put down. Uh, But God's will will be performed uh, in the earth. Uh, That means there will be harvest. Uh, There will be revival. Uh, There will be increase. Uh, The church will grow. Uh, The snake is going to get shook off in the fire. Uh, Not just today, uh, but in that great last day. Uh, He's going to get cast into the pit. I've come to encourage somebody tonight and tell you that God knows where you're at and there's a harvest ahead of you. There's a revival ahead of you. There's a fire that God's trying to use you to build. But the only way you're going to get there is you got to learn to shake some things off that are trying to attach themselves. Oh, my, 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 my. 
If the prison could have killed him, the prison would have killed him. If the ship could have destroyed him, the ship would have destroyed him. If the sea could have drowned him, the sea would have drowned him. If the snake could have killed him, the snake would have killed him. But yet he still stands. And here we are. After everything hell's thrown against you, after everything hell's thrown against your family, we're still here. Somebody give God praise right now just because you're still here. I wish somebody throw your head back and just give him praise. He said, you're going to tread upon the young lion and the adder. You're going to tread upon the lion and the dragon. He said, you're going to take up deadly things, drink deadly things. They're not going to hurt you. I'm telling you, you got a God that is on your side. You got a God that is in your corner. My, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. My, 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 my. I gotta hurry. Hear me. Hear me. The enemy. The enemy wants you to think that the snake bite is the end. The enemy wants you, we even use the term snake bitten to refer to a team or a, a people or a person that just can't get any good luck, can't get anything to go right. Snake bitten. Right? Hear me. The enemy wants you to think that you're snake bit. That it can't happen for you like it happened for them. That it can't happen for you like it's happened for somebody else or some other church or some other place. Or some. But I tell you, the devil is a liar. He's the father. You know what? If the devil's telling it to you, you might as well just take the opposite to be true. If he says it can't happen for you like it happened for them, you might as well just claim that God's promised it's going to happen for you like it happened for them. If the enemy's whispering in your ear, saying some other church, some other place, but not here, not this address, uh, you might as well take the opposite to be reality. Uh, that if he says it's not going to happen, uh, God must be saying it is going to happen. I'm going to shake it off. Uh, I'm going to shake off the snake bite. responded to the snake with marvel and wonder and waiting for him to die Paul responded to the snake by just shaking it off in the fire but God responds to the snake by saying Paul there shall be no harm done to you and whatever venom that snake tried to inject into his veins was neutralized by the power of the God he served you know what I'm praying right now you know what I'm declaring right now is that the attack that the enemy has tried to launch against your family or against your marriage or against your home the attack that he has tried to launch against you is going to be neutralized by the power of the Holy Ghost the attack that ah, the, the, the venom in the name of Jesus the venom that the enemy has tried to inject into your mind and your spirit I declare in the name of Jesus it can be neutralized by the power and the protection of God lift your hands one more time I'm closing in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice for just a moment. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hear me now. The Bible says that because of his imprisonment, because of the storm, because of the shipwreck, 
because of the snake bite. Not any one of those things did he want to come upon him. But because of imprisonment, storm, shipwreck, snake bite, Paul is strategically positioned on the island of Malta so that God can give him the victory over a well-renowned venomous viper that word would spread throughout that little island people and it would reach the governor Publius's house. And when it reached the governor's house, the governor would say, send me that man that just performed that miracle. Now, do you see where God's going with this? It took an imprisonment and a storm and a shipwreck and a snake bite to get Paul in the right strategic position so that he could stand before a governor whose father was sick with a fever and God would now do a miracle for the governor's father and when God did the miracle for the governor's father the next thing we read is the miraculous power of God is released all across that island and that island was forever changed by the power of God but it took one man willing to go through some imprisonment and some storms and some shipwreck and some snake bites could get to the end of it all and still have the attitude to just shake it off. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. <laughs> My, somebody lift up your voice to the Lord. <laughs> Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. What I'm telling you is, is what you might been, have been walking through is the hand of God strategically positioning you in a posture that adversity, only adversity could take you to. What I'm telling you is, is some of what you may have been fighting may have been the hand of God pushing you to a place and a position where you can see a revival that you would not have otherwise witnessed or seen. I'm telling you, God's hand is on us. God's hand is on us. God's hands on us. Come on, stand together with me. In the name of Jesus, God just sent me here tonight to tell you that sometimes opportunity is disguised as opposition. And sometimes revival is disguised as a snake bite. Are you hearing me? Sometimes, sometimes an island wide. That's a region. Can we apply it that way? A region wide revival is not walked into <laughs> by big, miraculous mountaintop experiences. But it's storm and it's shipwreck and it's snake bite. And I'm telling you, if God's got you positioned in any of those places, he knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're up against. He knows exactly. I'm telling you, there's going to be some opportunities that come as a byproduct of adversity. 
I wish I could tell you something did. I wish I could preach a prosperity gospel. We'd all love that. Holy Ghost, help me. We'd all love that. I wish I could preach a prosperity gospel and tell you, man, we're all just going to name it and claim it and everything's going to be good and we're all going to be, I mean, no problems and everything's going to be just fine. No, I'm telling you, sometimes your opportunity is a byproduct of your adversity. Sometimes what you have to walk through positions you with where God's taking you to. I'm telling you, sometimes God uses those things to position you for a harvest that you can't receive any other way. And if you're here tonight and you want the harvest that God has for your family, you want the harvest that God has for your church, I want you to lift up your hands right now all over this room. I want you to lift up your hands and your voice. In fact, this altar's open. If you want the harvest, that God has for your family I want you to boldly step out of where you're at down to this altar and I want you to bow a knee or lift a hand or lift a voice and say in the name of Jesus Lord I give you every part of my existence Lord I give you every storm of life I give you every snake that's bitten I give you every imprisoning circumstance and God I trust that your hand is in it all God that you are with me from beginning to end come on that's it lift up your voice for just a moment in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on let's hit lift up your voice I wish uh, some brothers and sisters would begin to pray I wish some intercessors would begin to intercede right now come on if the Lord so moves on you don't hesitate to pray with somebody around you uh, lay hands on somebody pray with somebody bind your faith uh, with somebody in the name of Jesus uh, God I pray we would see revival in the storm God I pray that among the storms uh, and among the snakes uh, there would be a revival and a harvest uh, and an increase that you have intended uh, for this city that you have intended for these families yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, lift up your voice. Let it flow. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, let there be a prayer. Go forth on a Wednesday night in Bloomington. God, that shakes off the snake. God, that shakes off the storm. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come on, lift up your voice. Forget about everybody else around you. Forget about everybody else around you for just a minute. In fact, if you're here and you need the Holy Ghost, you could receive it tonight. If you're here and you need to get baptized, we got water right there. We could baptize you in Jesus' name tonight. But if you're here and you know, you believe, you're convinced that God is working in your life, I want you to lift up your voice heavenward and say, Lord, I give you permission to work. God, even if I don't like how it feels, and even if I don't like how, it see, how I see it, uh, even if I don't like, uh, God, the storm and the snake and the shipwreck, Lord, uh, I'm going to believe that you're in it. I'm going to believe that you're in it. I'm going to believe that you're in it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, let there be revelation and let there be renewing. Let there be revelation and let there be renewing. God, I pray that you would renew our our minds. God, I pray you would reveal your hand. God, I pray that you would renew our spirits, and I pray you would reveal your hand at work. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, that's it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Come on, forget about who's around you for just a minute. I know it's midweek. I know it's Wednesday night, but God wants to get somebody a breakthrough tonight. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Yes, 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 yes. For the battle. 